Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're talking innovation, and it's a big topic and one you're going to hear a little bit about consumer products. You're going to hear a little bit about how people can innovate and, and drive innovation in companies. And on the podcast today is a new, very good friend, Julie Austin. Julie. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> we were like talking before this. And I'm like, Julie, stop talking. I need to record this. This is too good. So anyway, it's hilarious. So uh, for those who don't know Julie, you've probably seen her on anything from, let's see, the Today Show, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News. I mean, you've been all over. And I know a lot of this is from your product, Swiggy's Wrist Water Bottles, but also from your book, The Money Garden, How to Plant Seeds for a Lifetime of Income. So I'm like, where do we even start? There's so much here. And then you're a regular speaker, author, inventor, all this on innovation. So I thought what we could do is let me just ask you an open-ended question, Julie, which is how did you even get started in this space? In the very beginning. I mean, I didn't come from any kind of background like, oh, I you know, was an engineer or a scientist or you know, I didn't have a college degree. Sure. Um, so basically, I've just I've been an entrepreneur my whole life because somebody asked me that question today, as a matter of fact, and I said, because um, I was poor. Wow. <laughs> I didn't have any, you know, sure. I didn't have any choice. So it was either, you know, and I didn't have, we didn't have the money to go, to send me to college. And I didn't really want to go anyway, because I thought, what am I going to learn? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, Great. to be an entrepreneur, you just have to get out and do it. And, I, and, and not to put down college at all, not saying I'm jealous because I didn't go, <laughs> but, um, right. you know, I like to learn what I want to learn. I don't want to learn what someone else is going to uh, force me to learn. But the thing is, with the years of college, and somebody starts college and, and I start as an entrepreneur, I've got a jump start because I'm going to be out there learning by trial and error. And in four years, I'm going to have an education you cannot get in college. And that's what happened. Well, I, I yeah, I mean, and you've got such a, an amazing story since then, and I'm sure lots of lessons learned. So what was first for you? Was it developing out the wrist water bottle? Or what was kind of the first thing for you in terms of how you started getting into this space? Yeah, um, like I said, I've kind of, you know, dabbled in different things um, as far as being an entrepreneur my whole life, but never really did anything that was, you know, let's form a business and a company and do something bigger. Um, and, it, and it happened purely by accident, which is what happens with a lot of invention. Right. You invent something because you have a problem. What happened? <laughs> I was in Texas running in the heat in August with no water. <laughs> Not really smart. Hot. Very hot. <laughs> I found out. And I passed out on this country road from dehydration. Seriously? Luckily, people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and luckily people in Texas are nice and somebody, you know, picked me up and I'm just, you know, thinking as they're putting an IV in me, I'm going, that was really kind of dumb not to run with water, but I have my keys and music and it didn't have anywhere to carry it. So as I'm looking at my wrist, I'm going, wait a minute. Okay, they're pumping me full of fluids. Um, well, what if I, it, it, it just it just made, made the connection of what if I put a 
water bottle on my wrist. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, and then it would just be right there and it'd be hands-free. Now, it's not surely somebody's done it. Nope, I looked everywhere. I looked through the patent office, which, you know, if you're looking to invent anything, you it is so easy now to yeah, go in through Google. <laughs> it didn't yeah, used to be. <laughs> no, it didn't used to be. Nope. <laughs> Nothing used to be easy when it came to inventing. Now you've got provisional patents and all kinds of stuff you can do. And totally. So you decide you got a problem you're going to solve. You're going to you think a water bottle would be a really cool idea. And then how did you go from, I think there's something to this, to making the first prototype and getting something developed? Yeah, there's a lot I left out, isn't there? <laughs> Come on, Julie. <laughs> well, I mean, in the very beginning, I didn't know anybody. Right. Uh, there were no books written. There was no shark tank at the ah, time. Right. And so I had no guidance. I just said, okay, well, I guess if I'm going to have a product... I probably need to make a mold or something, you know, to make the product from. And so I put together a simple prototype out of clay. I had a little band that I put through it and an off-the-shelf cap, and and it was really doofy looking. Jeez! Oh, <laughs> I actually, the funny thing is, I just did um, a keynote speech for a big international. A corporation that was full of scientists and engineers. Right. And what they wanted me to do was bring that goofy looking prototype. I said, Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> no, we want to show how easy or, or how simple a prototype can be. Wow. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. It's just, it was just a big lump of clay. Wow. So that's what I did first. And then I found a, a mold maker got the mold made, got the bands made, got the packaging. And yeah, then I was so But all naive. those things though, Julie, sound like so simple, but I, and you didn't have the network, <laughs> right? You had to figure it out. Yes. And that's the thing about being an entrepreneur is that the more you have to figure stuff out um, and you go through it, you actually go through the motions of doing it. You know, you're going to fall a few times, but the, the, you know, the thing I would tell it, everyone is just don't don't do what i did and waste a lot of money doing it <laughs> oh, got it and what do you mean by that because i i mean it's easy to waste money in product development right and maybe that's what you mean but what what exactly help unpack that for me well i mean I, well i think one thing i wasted money on is when i first got my inventory um, I got a little bit of inventory in the beginning, and it, it was really expensive. It was manufactured in the U.S., um, and I just couldn't make any money on it because <laughs> it was just too expensive. Too expensive. And, yep. and so I said, okay, well, let me haul off and get 50,000 of these. <laughs> 50,000? <laughs> With no orders. Oh, With no orders. Exactly. Oh, my God. That's a lot of inventory. <laughs> Oh, no kidding. And, you know, it was not going to fit in my little apartment in L.A. So oh <laughs> I had to get a, a, a warehouse. And, man, it was like I didn't realize how much 50,000 oh, yeah. things was. It's so funny. You know, For the, we've, we've talked about this a bit on the podcast in the past, but it's like, 
Okay, your friends and family will buy about 50 of them. Let's see, that leaves 49,950 more. Let's see. Um, this retail store, maybe this retailer will buy it and they'll take 15. We'll just try it out, you know. <laughs> like, wait a second. Well, Don't you want to buy a couple yeah, thousand? Actually, well, here's the interesting thing because I had it <clears throat> and I had to sell it. I and I was so naive. I would literally. I got in my car. I packed him in my car. Sure, I definitely. Drove to, door to door. I door to door. Well, you know, um, that's how the UGG boots guy Brian right. Smith started. Right, door to door. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> well, and you know, you can't yeah. drive up to Walmart headquarters and and say, "Hey, can you put this in all your stores so I can get rid of my inventory?" <laughs> no, but I did go, to, and you don't want to do that either. Right. Um, bad, <laughs> right, by the way. Bad yeah. idea. Yeah. <clears throat> um, for, for one thing, they'll give you a 90-day terms or 120-day terms, <laughs> right. and then you become the bank. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, what so did you I say you that, did do? You, you were about to tell me something that you did do. Yeah, I, took, I put them in my car, and I drove to the corporate headquarters of a big sporting goods chain on the West Coast. Oh, very good. No appointment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in. With uh, just with the product and a, I had a point of purchase display at the time, and I walked in and said, "I'd like to see, you know, the buyer that had big cheese." And either she thought I was nuts, or she felt sorry for me, or it was a slow day. I don't know, but she said, "Well, he's not busy right now." I just it lucked out and went in. I was there 10 minutes, and he placed an order for all of the stores on the West Coast. Wow. That never happens. I mean, that's unbelievable. No. That's really great. <laughs> well, that's the, the easiest thing that ever happened. It, from there on, it was downhill. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> wow. but let me tell you what happened, though, because I, um, I got it in the stores, and I thought, oh, wow, this is great. And I started, and, then, and I did the same thing for a uh, drugstore chain okay. on the West Coast. And um, what I found out by, I said, oh, let me just go see, because you're an inventor and you, it's like, oh, this is my first product. Sure. Let me go see it on the shelf. Of course. Um, on both, in both stores, the drugstore and the, the sporting goods ch uh, chain. Yeah. It was in the back of the store. Oh, boy. Somebody had taken the display and turned it upside down. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All the little things. <laughs> and what I didn't realize is that the employees of stores are not required to do anything. No. It's got to be super simple, like put on shelf, put on rack, put on, you know. Hanger. Well, mine was super simple. It was in a display and it was like, here it is, but. You know, if things get knocked off the shelf or opened or whatever, they don't replace them. I don't, maybe some stores do, but um, they, you have a, is it, are they called a jobber? Right. The person. <laughs> Merchandiser. Think, yeah. Merchandiser. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Who, who comes in and, and does all that. But wow. I mean, it was just me, you know. That's crazy. So. Oh, and you can't go to every store and, you know, merchandise your product. It doesn't, it's just not possible. Wow. Well, and I'm sure lots of lessons learned there. And and, and then you decided you're going to write a book, right? You wrote The Money Garden, How to Plant Seeds for a Lifetime of Income. And now you're into innovation. So how has your world evolved 
Um, and and what are your what's your take on innovation today? I know you talk about this a lot with big companies and whatnot, but share some of your perspectives there and how you know some of your early roots in entrepreneurship have have yielded uh, thoughts around innovation. Well, what happened was the, the the product did eventually catch on, and you know I just hustled and and got it out there, and I've sold about a million. Wow, around that's the world, huge. most. Julie, Most, that's a lot. No advertising. For, oh, by the way, all listening, a million units is unbelievable. There's so many products that sell a thousand, you know, and die. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, I did. Sell, well, um, it, it, it. I sold most of them in the promotional products industry. Sure. So, a big you know, volume, and, um, big volume orders. Yeah. Huge volume. Yeah. So, uh, um, the Dublin Marathon ordered seventy two thousand at a time. <laughs> it's like your whole first order right there. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the big orders. Yep. And I kept looking at the, because they sent a wire transfer, and I kept looking at the bank account and going, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I've never seen that much money. <laughs> <laughs> at one time. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. <laughs> That's great. And then... And then I started doing crazy things. See, this is the, what happens when you have money um, is that you spend it on stupid things that are not. I mean, when I had no money sure. and I had to be creative. So you asked me about innovation. Right. You know, it did it did very well for a long stretch. And um, when the economy collapsed, my product went nowhere. It just it went to zero overnight. It wasn't just the economy. I also got hit by counterfeiters. So at the same time. Well, interesting. <laughs> so that's when I wrote the Money that's Garden book. And I said, I said, I'm never, ever again going to put all my eggs in one basket. I'm not going to do it. Right. I'm going to have multiple things. Yeah, I'm so doing. talk about yeah. what that meant for you. Like, what were the multiple things for you? Well, right now I run a sponsorship business. Got it. Um, and, and it is pretty unique. It's, um, I found a, this was again, a problem that needed to be solved. So I was hired to be a speaker and at a conference and they said, well, we don't pay speakers. And I said, well, <laughs> right. you can <laughs> buy my product and give it away. It's like a book, right? You can buy my book and I'll come speak at your conference. Yeah, I didn't. I said, you know, I, I don't have a trust fund, so right. I, I can't right. really do that. <laughs> yeah. I said, but you know what? I have a background from years ago being a TV sponsorship director. So it was my job to go out and get sponsorship for the, the TV show, for the pilot. And what I didn't know back then, I didn't think to go to Coca-Cola or IBM. <laughs> I probably couldn't have done it anyway. I literally just walked out the door and did what I know how to do, and that's go door to door. And so I got small business sponsors um, to fund our TV pilot. And so years later, when I was put in that position, I said, what if I just get my own sponsor? That's what I started doing. And other people said, how did you do that? And I put together something called Speaker Sponsor. Ah, so it's uh, like a marketplace between speakers and small and business sponsors. Wow. sponsors. That is very cool. Wow. Well, what as you're in this space now and and you're kind of playing across different elements of innovation and you're talking to companies, what are the top two or three things that you coach companies and individuals to think about when they when they really think about becoming an innovation culture? Well, I mean, the first thing is that anything can change your business. 
it, it can change a business and it will change a business. And if you, you know, because the longer you have been around and the more successful you've been, the more deeply ingrained you are in thinking, oh, we have no competition. Right. Nothing's ever going to happen. <laughs> right. You know, and I give dozens of examples of companies and industries that thought the same thing. And then, oh, guess what? Who could have predicted, that, you know, something like Airbnb that people would be renting out their a room in their house, or that they would be driving their own cars as a taxi? You know? <laughs> right, Uber, Lyft, yeah, I mean, right. no question. That's a good one. What are a couple more? Um, well, I mean, there are things that are um, changed by technology. So, um, you know, farming is, is one thing that is going to be. Agriculture in general is going to be disrupted in a big way. Shipping, the whole supply chain with uh, drones and uh, self-driving cars and trucks. Um, we have no idea what's going to happen, you know, and how many people who have jobs now that will be displaced. Yeah, through um, automation, every, technology, et cetera. No question. Oh, yeah. I mean, for every one thing that is progress you know, somebody's going to be out of a job like the, um, you know, the blacksmith. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like, how could a blacksmith Taxi drivers. have, yep. have, right. Mm. How could the black, somebody who's a blacksmith, how could they have predicted the car? And it's like, well, guess what? You've got to be thinking about these things. You've got to be thinking what would happen if, what can possibly happen in the future? Yeah. No question. No question. And, um, You'd mentioned some of the seeds that you plant to, to for a lifetime of income. What would be one or two of those when you think about your message from that book around innovation, around personal innovation, I would say, right? Yeah. I mean, um, for anybody who is an entrepreneur, um, coming up with multiple streams of income shouldn't be difficult. Um, and it doesn't have to be. Something like what I did with Swiggies was very, the wrist water bottles. I mean, that was very capital intensive, um, but it doesn't have to be, right? you know, if I had known better, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have just, you know, I would have licensed. I, actually, I did try to license it in the very beginning, and it went back and forth with this one company for about a year, and ultimately, right before we signed the contract, they went bankrupt. Oh, jeez. And That's frustrating. I was, I was counting on that. Right. I was counting on okay, you know, they're just going to take it over, and I'm going to go on, be on a beach somewhere. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's like, well, I guess I better learn how to be a manufacturer and right all the learn, other pieces. Learn about packaging and distribution, and you know, yeah, no doubt. Well, Julie, you have so much good content, and I know, and you have all different outlets you're sharing it and whatnot. Why don't you share with our audience where they can connect with you, how they can read more of your thinking on the space, where they can find your products, et cetera. Um, my main uh, website is create for cash and that's create F O R create for cash.com. Um, if you want to check out the swiggies, it's swiggies S W I G G I E S.com. <laughs> Love the name. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, that, that's, it, it started out, as hydro sport and oh, mid, Swiggies mid, is way better. <laughs> well, the kids started using them and I came up with the kids version. So we rebranded halfway through. <laughs> wow. 
which is a whole other story probably, right? another crazy. Oh, God, that's another hour. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. No, yeah, so those are the two main sites. And then, um, uh, yeah, that's so there funny. are more, but I can't even think of... Uh, yeah. And books on Amazon, speakers. Oh my God, you've got all kinds of outlets. Well, no, this is so cool, and I love talking to creative people like you. I mean, just ideas all over the place, and but you actually are executing on them, which I think makes it even better. So, Julie, I make money on all of them, actually, (laughs) which is pretty awesome, right? That's your whole idea of having different seeds and lifetime of income. Um, Hey, listen, it has been great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for reaching out and for coming on. Well, thank you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.